に上がら関係ねえ<笑> Shall we begin? Into his coming I can do this all day Tear down this wall <笑> Ikuzom Welcome to Ikuzo Unscripted Podcast powered by Jägermeister and get ready to dive deep with us and our guests every now and then we see a work of photographers and get blown away and Jeff did the same to two of us an award-winning wildlife photographer, biologist, and NOAA marine scientist, Jeff Hester. Equals means let's go. So here we come, genuine, uncensored, and unscripted. Ain't we, Jeff? Thank you so much. Yeah, excited to be with yeah. you guys. Thank you for being here. So why Jeff Hester decided that PhD in marine biology wasn't enough for him and started building his career as a wildlife photographer and work for Netflix for BBC, Apple, Disney+, Plus, uh, National Geographic. Did I miss something? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, those are the main ones, so that's all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. And initially, before I got into wildlife film work, that's kind of the route I was going down, was to go in and do a PhD and, and move more into academia rather than into, into filmmaking. Uh, but... Uh, I had this fellowship that really changed my life, uh, which was maybe about two years out of college. Um, and so it's called the, the Rolex Scholarship with an organization called Our World Underwater Scholarship Society. Um, and so basically they gave me um, roughly free reign for a year to go and travel around the world and um, and try to explore different interests that I have in, in the underwater world. Um, so it's all geared toward young adults, 26 and under, that are interested in some type of um, marine study in the future, whether that's whether that's filmmaking, marine science, um, cave exploration. Like it's a pretty pretty broad spectrum of things. But um, yeah, through that opportunity, I found out that you know you could make a career and make a life out of being a wildlife filmmaker. So I was like, this is sweet. Uh, if I get to be underwater most of the year, then then I'm happy. So got to start pursuing that. Yeah, being just scientist is so boring. Yes. <laughs> it's not boring. I have a lot of a lot of scientists friends and a lot of people that yeah. it. Yeah, of course. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I know. Yeah, but, yeah I get uh, but you're more of the field guy, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. I really, really enjoy being out in the ocean. Yeah. So as a kid, did you dream about fighting Atlantis or just when you grow up you went into marine world and something like that. Uh, I mean there were little nuggets of that when I was when I was a kid but honestly I never thought I never thought the career of the life that I'm able to have now was a possibility when I was a kid um you know so I read books and um like one of the main ones was called The Log from the Sea of Cortez by John Steinbeck and that's where um him and a marine biologist Ed Ricketts uh they sail around the Sea of Cortez and they're basically exploring and seeing what marine creatures live there and I always thought that'd be amazing, but I never thought I could do anything like that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, there were, there was always that dream, but yeah, I never thought it could be a reality. Yeah. I did nice when, when, you know, like almost hobbies become these jobs and you, you can make a living of it. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. One of my, one of my mentors, he's in his seventies now and he always says, you know, it's in his nature. If, if, even if he wasn't getting paid to do what he's doing, he would be doing it anyway. He'd be out of the water. He'd be making underwater films, even if no one, you know, even if it was a, a poor existence, you know, it's that kind of old school artistic uh, endeavor that you just need to create this thing. So 
I always really like it. I, I like that. You know, that's just something that's a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, you, you would be the right person to ask, but I think uh, photography is just, it's not in our minds, I think, of a general people considered as an art, but it is an art, definitely. How, do you think that photography is kind of underrated in not just marine, in wildlife photography, but photography in general? Um, underrated? I don't know if I would say... Yeah, I don't know if I would say underrated. I think a lot of people consider it an art, but I think I think one of the things that has changed over the past maybe 10, 20 years is just access to equipment. Um, you know, prior to that, it was a, a, a ton of money and a ton of time invested to get into something like underwater photography. I mean, a lot of those initial folks that were doing that were creating their own housings and, you know, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to get into it. Um, so I think, I think maybe that could be part of it now is that, you know, photography and, and amazing photography, especially is so, I mean, it's all around us. It's so ubiquitous that, but yeah, we, I could see, you know, not as much respect for it as it used to be. Um, you know, the, some of those initial photographs of whales underwater, you know, back, you know, 30, 40 years ago would be mind blowing to everyone, but now we're kind of like flooded with it, you know? Yeah. So on Instagram that, that can go and do a tour and have a really nice underwater setup or pretty, pretty cheap in relation to what it used to be and, and yeah, capture amazing moments. So when you dive into sea, so what would be your example going above and beyond the call of duty? Going above and beyond the call of duty. Yeah. Huh. I uh, bet you have such moments. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I mean, there's always, you always want to capture something new, something that's never been done before. And, you know, the bar is just set so high now. There's, there's so many amazing programs that are, that are coming out that we just kind of have to continually step it up. And so, you know, we're, we're getting more and more into the space where you're basically inventing equipment to be able to tell tell the story that you want to, or, or to elevate the story that, you know, someone has told previously. Um, so I'd say we're, we're kind of still in that. So you just end up spending a lot of money on like R and D for different, you know, potential tools that you could use, or, um, you know, you spend, you know, a lot of the times we're diving over breathers. Um, so, you know, initially I didn't always have the like best thermal protection underwater, but you know, you'd, you'd still do five hours underwater. You just get, pretty cold by the end of it. So, but you just don't really think about it because you're, you're constantly wanting to capture those, you know, incredible behavioral moments that are, are just so special and, and then share up the world. So, yeah. Were you ever in like physical danger with the, with the animals or something like that? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I get that question comes up a lot and I'd say most of the danger on shoots I've been has been you know, more human related, you know, like <laughs> an errant boat that's like driving overhead or, um, I've had, yeah, I've had some dive buddies before I was doing wildlife filmmaking, but you know, once we get into wildlife filmmaking, there's so many risk assessments and, uh, you, you, you just think about everything and, and everyone's professional, but you know, prior to that, you, know, you go and dive with random people and they weren't always the most qualified and, you know, if they panic, they create issues for you. Um, so I said, those are 
more of my scary moments um, so with panic divers rather than with sharks or whales or anything like that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's fascinating human, human experience. <laughs> Tell me about that situation. So you are 100 feet under the sea and you're listening to the whales. How you felt for that iconic photos? Because I saw that your colleagues, uh, also photographers, uh, shared that photo of you with the with humpback whales. And yeah. how did they accept your company swimming with them? What it's like to get so close to a whale? Did you even explain it to a person? Like generally, you know, you you just hello. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. First of all, yeah, the photo you're referencing that was that was taken by he's a there's a producer. Um, over in the UK and all these scrolling, he's, he's an amazing photographer um, in and of itself. But yeah, he captured that photo with me with the, uh, it was a humpback um, uh, mom and calf um, down about a hundred feet. And yeah, it's just, I mean, those moments are just incredible. Um, that's that's really what I love about what I do as well is like, there's such a, they call it field crap, um, which is like how you approach animals and like how you figure out ways to get the, the shots that you want because you can't just like drop down and go swimming as fast as you can at a whale and expect it to hang out at you like <laughs> yeah video of it um so there's all always this like you know you're constantly learning of you know how how can i approach where can i approach from uh yeah different ways to to try to achieve what you want to achieve um because we don't have the luxury underwater of of being on a long lens and being really far away, we, we have to be in really close proximity to the subject. So, I mean, realistically, if we want to get a good shot of a humpback whale, we need to be within, you know, 30 feet of it or so. Whereas if you want to go get a shot of a lion in, in Africa, you know, you could be half a mile away and get an okay shot with a super long lens. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy that part of it because it's just this, like, it's this constant puzzle that you're, you're trying to figure out of the, how is this, this like incredible being going to accept me. Uh, and, and that's another thing too. Like, I don't think that it's always the same. Like, I don't think we can do use like blanket statements for, you know, to approach a humpback whale, you need to do this. Um, you know, I think, I think they're all extremely sentient, intelligent beings that each of them have their own personality. And, you know, just like any of us, you know, one day you're going to, someone comes running up to you. You're going to address it differently if you're in different settings or if you're in different moods or whatever. So I think it's the same for for most ocean animals, but we still have the ability to communicate with them. Be like, hey, I'm cool. Like, love come take pictures of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, um, I was watching uh, America the Beautiful, uh, the the, the docu series that you worked on, and the first thing that I got to say is America is really beautiful. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, there were, uh, I wanted to ask you this, there were some aerial shots uh, in, in that docu-series. Did you work on those also, or were you just on the uh, underwater? Uh, there were some, uh, with dolphins I saw, uh, there were shots and similar. Uh, did you work on aerial also, or just, you know, underwater? Yeah, so most of what I do is is underwater. Uh, then I also do some, some drone stuff, and then some topside gimbal, um, like uh, long lens stabilization on on shot overs or GSSs, uh, but a lot of those aerials. So that was something that was unique to America the Beautiful. Uh, was they essentially like strapped one of those huge gimbals onto onto like a military jet, uh, and so they could fly around at super speed 
Um, so that was a whole specialized team that was that was doing that. Um, just pretty pretty groundbreaking stuff. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like uh, it reminded me. Uh, like I said, the the name. Like all I heard today about America is this politics, this awful stuff, and you like see the nature of the U.S. and you're like, wow, it's really. I should visit. You know, that's that's your first thought when you see that documentary. Totally, it's a good, it's a good place. Come on, now we'll go diving. Yeah, and and to be honest, you need you deserve more attention. The guys that are working on such documentaries, movies, the crew, because. I, to be honest, I found about you accidentally because I was looking for other Jeff Hester, you know, and you came up first and I, oh my God, this guy's phenomenal. Look at these photos and it. Yeah. And it looking for? Yeah. Pillars <laughs> of creation. On the Google search for years. So I'm trying to take over. <laughs> yeah. I took over. You were first. <laughs> nice. All right. Get up here. And tell me, is... Is the story true that you waited up to seven hours to uh, on the seabed to capture some images? Yeah, yeah. So that's wow. the technology now is uh, has allowed us to, to do that. Um, so we have a an apparatus called a rebreather uh, that it basically it scrubs out the CO two and injects like little bits of oxygen to get you up to whatever level you program it to. So it's all one um, like self contained loop they call it. Um, so you're not exhaling any any bubbles into the into the water column. So it's nice. You also don't really scare off animals as well because you're pretty much silent essentially. Um, but because yeah, really, we only metabolize a pretty small percent of percentage of oxygen when we're when we're breathing. Um, so it it doesn't take too much to be able to to uh, replace that. So yeah, some of these new units you can you can you. Seven. Some some of the bigger ones too. The older ones you could do like twelve to fourteen hours underwater, but um, it's all very yeah. There's a lot of a lot of physiology and gas physics to it that you kind of have to you know figure out how deep you're going, how long you're going to stay at that depth, like temperatures and everything all affect the the time that you're able to stay under. But but yeah, I've done a couple uh, couple seven hour, seven hour dives before the capture animal behavior. What? tool does that take on a body does it take any tool is the technology so efficient that your body is, isn't in any way or form suffering or is it like you know you have to be in some form of mental shape physical shape something like that definitely my body's falling apart uh, <laughs> just, every day the worst of work uh no it's true you you really do need to stay in and you know pretty good physical condition um because that's that's another aspect to diving is you have different tissue compartments in your body, and I'm no expert on this, but um, you know the more muscle you have, the better it is for um, offloading uh, nitrogen, which is what causes the bends and can be problematic in that sense. Um, and then there's there's a lot of other things like you're lifting heavy equipment around a rocking boat, like you're getting in and out of the water. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of physicality to it, so it's pretty important to to try and stay in the best shape that you can and. Yeah, and not to mention like some of the open ocean stuff we do. Yeah, um, you you drop on something. Uh, it's all it's all quick, quick, quick because things happen fast in the open ocean. They've got to swim as fast as you can onto the subject, film it, and you know sometimes you miss, and so you might be doing 30, 40, 50 drops a day. You know, climbing in and out of a boat and swimming hard, and 
yeah, so there's there's quite a bit of a, a physical toll it can take on your body, but it's just important to, you know, keep doing that yoga, keep doing those stretches and and <laughs> and being a man of dedication and sure fucking will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that a bit too. <laughs> so how do you choose where to shoot? Uh, uh because I believe there is more than just a hunch in that. Uh yeah, yeah. So so where do I um, so a lot of it, so I'm, I'm a freelancer. Um, so I get hired by a lot of companies. So a lot of times they, they have a sequence in mind or a behavior or a place they want to go. Um, and so they'll reach out to me and be like, Hey Jeff, are you available for these three weeks to try and go film, you know, this, this specific event? Um, so that's, I would say like 80% of the work I do right now. Um, and then sometimes I'll pitch. I'll pitch companies on a, on a sequence. So I live here in San Diego and we have amazing ocean in our backyard. Uh, and there's, there's tons of things to film here. So sometimes I'll approach a company and be like, Oh, I know you're working on this series or on this subject. Like, I think this sequence would fit really well. And when I say sequence, that's like kind of those three to five minute pieces within an episode, um, that then get pieced together. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of it. And then a little bit of it as well is, is just me kind of like chasing after different things that I've heard about or different things that I have here locally. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that for a three to five minute sequence, how long in the real time did they, did you spend hours on it? Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 A lot of times I'd say probably average out to depending on the subject, but it probably averages out to about three weeks in the field will give you a three to five minute sequence. Um, like I just finished up, there's one on Disney plus now called supernatural. Um, and we did a sarcastic fringe head sequence, which are these crazy fish that do this like mouth gaping fighting thing. Um, and yeah, we did about 24 days in the field doing five to seven hours a day. So we probably did hundred to 140 100, 100 to 130 hours underwater um for yeah what ends up being a three minute sequence yeah that, that's a payoff that's a payoff <laughs> yeah yeah is there an animal or location that you would more than than enjoy to shoot again and again uh, again and again um yeah it's interesting there's one spot here uh that i typically say like if I had one place to dive the rest of my life, I would, I would probably pick this, this Island called Santa Barbara Island. That's, um, it's just offshore of like Los Angeles area, about 40, 45 miles. Um, it's a pretty, it's a smaller Island compared to the other channel islands. So it's, it's among the channel islands chain. Um, but yeah, it has huge sea lion colonies, has amazing kelp forests, uh, angel sharks, uh, giant sea bass, harbor seals. You get a lot of different uh, pelagics around it because it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so you get a lot of dolphins, a lot of whales coming through there. Uh, that place I absolutely love. And I've been there a, a lot of times, too many times to count. Um, but it is really tricky. So that's kind of like, you know, going back to how much time you put it into something, like I'd say 60 to 70% of the time that I go out there, uh, conditions aren't actually any good to film anything. But you know, when you get those days that are just like beautiful viz and the, and the, the kelp and, and all of the animals are there and, and, you know, great conditions topside. It's like all of that time of just 
of just failing that really pays off in those moments. Uh, you've been have you been maybe to Australia to the coral? What's uh, yeah? I, I don't know in English how to say the the you know famous in Australia coral. Yeah, yeah, the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't actually been out there. The only diving I've done in Australia is um, in the south with the great white sharks out of um, Port Lincoln. Just with the sharks, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that was amazing but um i just returned about about a month ago now actually so not just returned from indonesia uh, diving some of the reefs out there and those were some of the most incredible reefs i've ever seen we were kind of out in some of these remote islands that are a bit un- untouched and you know, there's not too much to there's actually like hardly any tourism out there so but yeah those those reefs were just incredible like the most biodiversity i've ever seen in a single place yeah you, you would have a field week in montenegro trust me uh but <laughs> although although we are not uh, i must say we're not as our sea is beautiful but it's not full of the wildlife but uh our mountains are and uh the lakes and the mountains are you know incredible well some of the most beautiful in the world i must say you would have a very good time oh perfect all right i'm coming out yeah you're welcome <laughs> I'll come out and see the mountains. You come out and see the kelp forest. Oh, yeah. It's a deal. It's a deal. It's a deal. Yeah. Well, you were on all seven continents, which means that you literally went to the end of the world, to Antarctica. <laughs> we had an episode dedicated uh, to it and in the previous season. So tell me about it, how you went there. Did it exceed your expectations? Will you go again? Uh... It definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, so we were aboard a, a ship called the National Geographic Explorer. Uh, so we went out of Ushuaia, which is yeah, the southern point of Argentina, and and crossed the Drake Passage and went down to the peninsula. Uh, as we're mostly, you know, uh, focused on filming like penguins and leopard seals and things like that. Um, and yes, I would 100% go again. The, the tricky part with a lot of those remote shoots like Antarctica, South Georgia, some of those like remote islands in the Southern Ocean, um, they typically take a long time to get there. And so the shoots end up being really long. So I've been offered a few that are like eight, 10, 12 weeks. Um, and that's just really, really tricky with a, a two-year-old and a two-week-old at home. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time to be away so yeah, bring them with you great <laughs> there we go yeah they love playing the woods <laughs> yeah yeah but i thought they would love cold though yeah <laughs> probably not so much okay. yeah but then uh you see like it must be different right to to, to film in the in the frozen ocean basically than the, the waters of you know san diego or something like that very different, yeah. Very different, but they all have the yeah. They all have their own beauty. Uh, so that's what I've been fortunate with. I've been able to you know film under ice, and they will film you know in the tropics with just trunks of rash guard on. So it's been it's been pretty nice to see the diversity of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, here in Montenegro, because we are uh, one part of our shore is the open sea, and uh, there the water is always cold. Obviously, not as cold when you go to Antarctica, but. It's always cold. And when I was, uh, when I had the chance to visit Miami and the water is so warm, I was like, can water even be this warm? I didn't know that that can be a thing, actually. <laughs> it's like bath water. Yeah. yeah. I believe you signed NDA with BBC uh, or Planet Earth 3, uh, which you are currently working on, if I'm correct. But at least tell me, is it possible 
would be more beautiful than the previous one. <laughs> yeah, those are classics. Yeah, so I I did a um I did a pretty small amount on Planet Earth three actually. Um, I only did a couple shoots uh for them. Uh, mostly gets there's it's crazy. There's so much work right now. Like all the streaming platforms are are flooding in and wanting wildlife content, uh, which is great for people like me because yeah, I get to work on a variety of projects and I have endless work at the moment. Knock on wood. Um, but yes, Planet Earth three is I, it's gonna be incredible uh and yeah and we're also they're also just about to start building for blue planet 3 so i think but that's not going to come out until like 2026 probably wow yeah so they're they're a ways off they're usually like four-year projects Uh, yeah so but yeah both i think are are very exciting um you know it's like i was saying before though i mean the bar is just keeps moving up and up and up so yeah it gets harder and harder to find new stories and to and to tell engaging stories without the audience saying like oh hey wait we've seen this like three times already so yeah a lot of a lot of what we're trying to do is is to yeah make it so we are doing new stuff yeah david attenborough even had to bring the dinosaurs up <laughs> yeah to up his game. what a guy <laughs> that's right yeah yeah yeah, but, I, but what you said is also, I've noticed that uh, about the wildlife content, uh, like uh, all the streaming services are now working on it. I mean, I, I, I like to watch that, but, you know, it was sudden, like sudden to me, you know, all these docu- great documentaries. And before that, there was only basically Planet Earth and Blue Planet. And <laughs> that was it. Totally. Yeah, it was a huge boom in the industry. And, and who knows when that will shrink back. But for now, it seems like it's holding strong but yeah i mean each each streaming platform is trying to seems like trying to do two three four series at a time so yeah it's a lot it's a lot of work around and not necessarily enough people to do it all and tell me do you maybe follow superhero movies <laughs> like uh like avengers and yeah stuff like that oh definitely like, yeah did you maybe catch up the Black Panther with Candace Forever? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. No, I had a few questions about Neymar and Talo Khan and other oh. sequences. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I haven't, haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. And have you maybe saw Aquaman? I saw Aquaman, yeah. What do you think about that underwater sequence? <laughs> You're an expert. Uh, well, just a lot of that is it has to be cgbi essentially yeah I don't know. there's there's some that is that is done in like tank work and stuff in in different places but but i mean cgi but is it yeah. believable to you that atlanteans would act like that <laughs> uh i mean you don't say it i'd say for the most part no but yeah it's just a yeah good time good film to watch but yeah no yeah before it came out i was uh my, my uh, when Equal was about to come out, my thinking was uh, was too realistic. I was like, how are they going to speak in the water? They're going to form bubbles. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of compromises you have to make. Yes. And I have one more question. What, can you choose your favorite uh, work, your favorite photography or sequence? 
Ooh, that I've done or just in general? Your, your Zen in general. <laughs> yeah, the general seems also interesting. <laughs> yes. And that, <laughs> um, I would say, let's see, favorite one that I've done. It's true because I, you know, honestly, like I'm fairly new to the industry compared to a lot of the other underwater operators, um, with a lot of the underwater cinematographers. So I, I started about 2017. So I've really only been doing about five years. Um, and because a lot of these shows have such a long time to film before they're actually transmitted. Um, I mean, I've been working on shows the last like two, three years that have yet to come out. Um, so I think those will be my favorite sequences. <laughs> uh, but I'd say for now, um, I was pretty proud of working on uh, the humpback heat run sequence for uh, it was for a show called The Mating Game for the BBC. Uh, and that's where that reference is is from. Um, so that that was an amazing experience, and I'm excited because I get to go back there uh, this next February, March, and and do it again for a different company. Um, but I'd say that's that's probably my number one at this point. Yeah, yeah. So for the end. We have little tradition, you know. We have the quote on our language and we translate it to English. So look, prepared some. Yeah, uh, it's a quote from our uh, painter, Voya Stanich, and he was famous for painting nature. Uh, and he said in our language, Savrameni egoism preside prirodu i nemelusurne uništava kao neprijatelj okupiranu zemlju. Slikarstvo je ekološko, ono je himna prirodi. In English, it would translate. Modern egoism despises nature and mercilessly destroys it like an enemy of an occupied country. Painting is ecological. It is a hymn to nature and the world. And that's the quote from Voya. I believe you are terrified by our language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so, thank you. Th thank you for for a funny and interesting 30 minutes. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. So see you on diving in Montenegro. So <laughs> let's do it, man. Yeah. We stay genuine, uncensored, and unscripted, and we always will, as we have to order our usual. Share us, subscribe us, and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Iguzo!